Welcome, everybody, to Who's Your Band? I am Jeffrey Paul. I am joined by Sean Morton. How are you, Sean? You know, Jeffrey, I'm I'm doing the bookings now. I got a lot of a lot of show bookings coming up now. I'm out of hibernation for the summer. It's air conditioning season. I don't leave my house. I buy concert tickets and I say it's too hot and I fucking stay home, which is great. All right. This is going to be weird. This Listen, we've done and said a lot of weird things on this show. Yes. I don't know if it's gotten any weirder than what I'm about to say. Okay. All right. So last night, mm-hmm. I had a dream. And you were in it, Sean. Okay. However. Did you wake you, up with, with your pants soiled? In the front, well, in the I, I woke up in, in the back of my underwear. I had blood on it. I don't know. Well, can't explain hey, it. I don't want to. I don't want to brag. <laughs> <laughs> I can't explain it. But the thing is, I really had a hard time getting to the gym today. Is all I'm going to say. Um, no, but in the dream, like you were tall, like you are, but you were kind of like, I don't know. Maybe you were like as tall as you are, but you were like 190. I'm getting there, Jeff. I'm getting there. I'm dropping. A, I'm dropping a bunch of LBs. And I was like, man, you know, I haven't seen you in a while, Sean. This is what I'm saying in the gym, uh, in the dream. I'm like, oh man, I haven't seen you in a while, Sean. And you look at it, and all you kept saying was like, yeah, we got to get to the boardwalk. It's probably for funnel cake. <laughs> probably definitely for funnel cake. You you were obsessed about getting to this boardwalk. You know what? You know what? You know what I think it is. I think the, for that is because we're gonna go see Metallica in a couple of weeks. Yes. And I know you're going to want to go see this this awful band that's playing outside in, in the no, parking lot. No, I don't care about that. I want to go see Mammoth. I want to see every song of Mammoth because their new album comes out that day. I want to see Pantera. Well, fake Terra, whatever you want to call I them. Want to, I want to see that, too. Uh, did you ever see Pantera live? Uh, yes, one time. You did. Okay, so you get a pass because at least you've seen them. Like A lot of people have never seen them and are like, oh, my God, they're back together. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it! It's it's not Pantera. It's right. near as close to it. But yeah, well, Metallica should be good too. I might stay for the whole thing. Who knows? Okay, but that 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 was that was what was on my mind. That was that was that was what I was dreaming about. I'm glad I've infiltrated your dreams, Jeffrey. Yeah. But um, I'm I'm excited for this show, and I say that a lot when we when we intro people. But I'm, I'm yeah. re- I've been really looking forward to this one. I like uh, this guy. The, well. This guy, this guy, okay, this is a guy I didn't recognize because he, he, he's looking good these days. He's, he's got a cap on. You're going to see him. He's wearing very cool glasses. Um, he is a singer. He is uh, a comedian. He is, he he plays, you know, he can, he does opera. He's in the band uh, 33 and a third live, the Killer Queen experience. He's the lead singer of that. And we welcome to the show, Justin Gonzalez. How are you, Justin? I'm doing good, guys. How are you doing? I'm Sean. I'm glad you got that five bucks. That's great. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking dumb Woody Allen glasses. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to bang your freaking stepdaughter now until you prick. (laughs) Oh, no. No, no, actually, no. <laughs> and he has a stepdaughter. Okay. <laughs> oh my God, do you really? Yes. <laughs> oh shit, that makes the joke even better. This is awesome. <laughs> we haven't even started yet. Mm, no, no, actually, we're not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but this is good. This is a different type of show today because today what we're yes. doing is something that our listeners really seem to love, and we are counting down uh, the top ten songs of the band Queen. And I couldn't think of a better guy than to bring in for this than Absolutely. Justin, since he sings these songs. So I'm very curious to hear what uh, his top 10 is. I'm sure I have a feeling our top 10 is going to be all of ours are going to be very, very different. I think our number ones are going to be very, very different. And I say, like, we get right into it. So um, let's start with let's start with our guests. Let's start with Justin. Let's start with your number 10 Queen song. Okay, my number 10, my number 10. And it's it, I didn't hear it and I didn't know until later that it was actually the band that that, that it was Queen that was singing this. And the, and the song is Princes of the Universe. Oh, wow. That's uh, from a movie. That, so my father was such a huge Highlander fan. And that was the Highlander TV series. That was their theme song. Oh, and wow. So, okay. And so we would listen to that every week. And I just remember just it being such a driving, rocking song. That I never put two and two together. And of course, as we continue to talk about these songs, so much of their catalog is all over the place stylistically. Absolutely. You know, they do not stay in they do not stay in just one lane. They're not just one sound. I mean, and I'm I you know, and it's tough when you look at, you know, you're thinking of 10, 
songs to encompass the career of a group like Queen. You know, there's some of their songs that I left off, like their vaudeville stuff, you know, Lazing on a Sunday Afternoon or exactly. It was Seaside Rendezvous. Doing this list was not easy. We we had no. Mark Riccadonna on a couple, uh, I guess a couple of months ago, and we Ooh. did a Mark Riccadonna. You've heard of him? <laughs> yeah, I've okay. heard of him. Yeah, okay. Um, and Speaking of pedophiles, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> So we do, we do, we did Springsteen with him. Oh, geez. You know, that was, yeah. Those are the hardest lists and, I've and ever that, And that was a hard one. I thought this was very hard. I mean, just coming up with, you know, first you write down your list of songs, then you, then you have to like, what am I going to leave off? And you're like, well, I can't leave that off. I can't leave this off. But um, that was an, that was an interesting one. Sean, what would you say your number 10 was? All right. So I'm going to go on the record right away and say that my list is going to be very boring because I don't, I do go deep with Queen, but I think that they, the the hits that they have are are just monsters, you know what I mean? But I think um, I started with number ten with a song that I kind of found late and I found by mistake. Uh, Sail away, sweet sister. Oh Ooh. wow! See, I think already you guys both went kind of deep with with, with tunes. That's the very rest good. is not deep, Jeff. I'm telling you okay. right now. The rest <laughs> you can hear. You can hear Same. on any radio station. Because we're going to be counting down the list of of our listeners, and I don't remember seeing. Uh, that one on almost anyone's list. So that's that's, that's well, a pretty good one. I'll tell you why I like it too. I don't know if you know this. I mean, everybody knows I'm a huge Guns N' Roses fan. And like in the late, like early 90s, when they were doing a lot of touring, right before Sweet Child of Mine, Axel would sing um, the chorus to this song, acapella, and it would go right into Sweet Child of Mine. And I had originally, as a kid, I didn't know it. So I thought that it was actually just some lyrics that he had written. And then I'm playing the, the game and I hear the song and I'm like, oh shit. And I put two and two together like 25 years later. So then wow. I, I started really getting into that record. And uh, I think it's a very, the whole album, Top to Bomb, is a very, very underrated record. So I, that album. Yeah, it really, really is. All right. I'm going to go. I'm going to uh, give my top 10. And, and before I do that, I just want to say when I'm leaving off and I, I wonder if you guys did the same thing. I'm leaving off Bohemian Rhapsody. I did not. Uh, be, only only because only because uh, it was the very first song I ever heard by Queen. It got me hooked. I think the song has been overplayed. And just like I think we were going when we did with Springsteen, we intended to do it, but it didn't quite work out that way, especially with our listeners when we were going to leave off Born to Run because it's just so iconic. And there are other songs to kind of get to. So do you but want to you, take it off the off the table t- completely? No, 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 no. If, if, okay. if you have it on your list and you put it on, I just didn't put it on mine. Okay. But, that, but that was what got me into Queen. But um, so the first song I ever heard, so the, obviously the first album I bought was A Night at the Opera. And which I think for me, it's a top 10 album of all time. And I'm going to go with the longest track on the album, which was Prophet Song. Okay. It's heavy. It's dark. Um, You could almost say it is almost, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody-esque, you know, where it changes so many different times. But I remember just like listening to the song and going, I never heard anything like it. But I also had never heard anything like Bohemian Rhapsody. But for me, my number 10 uh, Queen song is going to be uh, Prophet Song. All right. Um, so, good. What are you going to say, Justin? I was going to say that's actually my number nine. Well, let's go, go talk about your number nine. What do so you think num- about it? My, my number nine of, of Prophet Song. Now, now, I, now, we came from kind of like different angles because I think you you grew up in a generation where you guys bought albums and you guys listened to albums and I listened to a, I listened to a lot of just what was on the radio. You know, I was just what was on the radio. This, we didn't wasn't, really... this one wasn't much of a, a radio song. It was too long for radio. Correct. Correct. So everything else on here is going to be like really like the top 40 uh, of their stuff. Now, Prophet song. The reason I got into this is because the tribute 33 and a third live Killer queen experience. When we first started, all we did was perform the album a night at the opera. That was it. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we just went out on stage. We dressed in formal wear. I wore tux and tails as if we were returning from a night at the opera. And we performed this album top to tail. Oh, I that love that. And so it was amazing. You know, how did the, the audiences uh, respond to it? You know, what? when they saw us walk out on stage to the introduction, because we, we walked out onto to stage to the recording of God Save the Queen, Queen playing God Save the Queen. And then right out of that, we would launch right into the beginning of Death on Two Legs. 
And the audience were just like, wait, 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 wait. What is happening? And that guy definitely looks more like Fatty Mercury than Freddie Mercury, you know? <laughs> so more, more of a Freddie Jupiter, if you will, you know? And so it's like the, the people, it wasn't until like the third song that they realized they're not lookalikes. What they're doing is they're recreating the album live on stage. And so the fact that our idea of what a tribute is, is very, very different. But the fact that we had to, of course, meticulously learn how these arrangements were different than how they performed them live, but also to really learn the stories behind them. Because, you know, I have a theater background. I have an opera background where when we sing, we're singing stories. And so how do we sing? How do I sing these stories that drastically change? And so sitting down and learning about that the Prophet song originated as a nightmare that Brian May had of this you know dystopian world and you listen to it and you're like my gosh this sounds like a rush song like this is like prog rock at, at its finest then you're not expecting it to come from that's Queen. a great great uh take on it that is it is like a prog rock song that's a great it it, it has 2112 overtures to it yeah, absolutely absolutely and then there's that that insane loop section where freddie's singing with himself in the middle and there's this kind of greek chorus that comes in that then just smashes you in the face. That's with the now I know part. Yeah, exactly. And we right. and we do that live on stage with three singers. I don't do it oh, with a wow. loop. We do just... it. It's it's spectacular. It really is. And um, it just it it's just one of those things that kind of gives me just chills, especially this concept of now I know. Now I and what does each time we say it, what does it mean? Because each time it's something different. And you know, and and, and how does it grow and why does it grow? Why does it grow into this angelic chorus for it to all kind of just smash back down into this rock and roll reality? But you know, and, Justin, that is like the Galileo part that now he knows. Exactly. Exactly. And um, it's, I, I think it's, uh, it's, it's interesting where we see there's, I think, such a great marriage of rock and roll and prophet song where he kind of doubled down on the operatic in Bohemian Rhapsody where it's, I think it's less of the rock and roll, it's more of the theatrics with bow rap, but with Prophet Song, it's, it's just straight, like, melt your face, but there's still this amazing story behind it. And, um, that, I mean, that's why I couldn't it's leave it off the list. It's definitely heavier, a com complete song, as opposed to Bohemian Rhapsody, is the, uh, is the end part. I'm going to go with the, I'm going to go nine, and then we'll bring Sean, only because of what Justin said, because not my number nine song is Death on Two Legs also off of night at the opera uh opening track and uh you know it's like you 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 suck my blood like a lead you know it's the open everyone thinks it's about a woman it's not it's about norman sheffield who is the ray foster character that was played by mike myers in um in bohemian, in rhapsody, bohemian rhapsody so it really is a song about um about the record company kind of like really trying to take advantage of the band. When you think about it, who who was really influenced by Queen was Billy Squire. And what was Billy Squire's first big hit was The Stroke, which was also about a song about the record company trying to take advantage. Okay? But that's but that would be my number 9 song, Death on Two Legs. Great 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 opening song. Sean, number 9. Well, my number 9 is not about the man trying to bring us down. Man. Yeah. Hey man, Jesus Christ! Bunch He's of trying to fucking... jam the system, man. I don't know who I hate more in this episode. I gotta tell you, <laughs> fucking one pick, thirty-seven minutes, fucking Justin, Jesus Christ! But it, it, come on, that was a, he gave such a oh great, insightful Christ. answer. And, and, you know, and you know, Freddie used to he used to count his grains of rice before he ate. Shut the fuck up! I know you're talking. I know you know your shit. For Christ's sake, Jesus. <laughs> we are the champions. My number nine. All right. Oh, I'm keeping my good. list very simple. It's a very simple list. Everybody in the world knows this song. Is it the greatest song in the world? No, but it gets you going. Stevie Every Wonder saw that one coming. What? Stevie Wonder <laughs> saw that pick coming. Could she get it? Because Stevie Wonder's blind. I wish I was deaf. I'll tell you that. I was going to say, where's my do? Okay, so, so number nine, we will yeah, rock we, you. We are the, no, we are the champion. champion. We will rock you. We will rock you. I can't stand. But we are the champions is a great song. Aren't they this, aren't they like one in the same? Two separate songs. They just play just yeah. go into each other. Okay. So so I I've got I've got to ask, why, why don't you like uh We Will Rock You? It's dumb. It's like it's like the fucking rock and roll by Gary Glitter. Hey! No, no. 
No, I don't play along. I don't do the wave at fucking baseball games either. I don't play along with that shit. I sit there and I sulk. Okay, I want to be interactive when I'm being. Yeah, he just gets, he just sweats and is miserable. I'm just so, exactly. And that's the I'm way cold. it should be. Exactly. Okay, so what about what about the fast version of We Will Rock You? That's Have a great you ever one. Heard that? I like that better. Off of Live okay. Killers. Yeah, I do like we, that that version better. I'm not going to lie. We do we do that on stage. So okay. when do we do, the, do you do the shuffle dance? Uh, no, I do. I, please, I do the truffle shuffle dance. That's what I do. <laughs> so, no, we do. We do that opening that they used to do. I forget what year they did it, where they open up with Flash, and then they open up with Hero. They play Hero, and then from Hero they go into Fast. We will rock you. We do that on stage. Okay. So, yeah. what's your number eight song, Justin? I want to break free. Mm. Uh, I took, a, my, it, took that off my list. <laughs> is that your number eight I, also? No, I had I, I just changed one song and that was the one I took off and I changed it to a different one. <laughs> I, no, I, because I, Sean was against the video. <laughs> no, Sean used to get hard watching the video. Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on, who didn't? <laughs> yeah, really. Nothing like, nothing like a good cross dresser doesn't shave the mustache. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that always that always does didn't do it for me. Um, great, great song, and again that that synth. It was kind of like that kind of crossover with like that um, oh, like what 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 style of rock am I thinking? It's like like the Cars, like it's almost like, like that kind of yeah yeah it's yeah. like that alt, all all that alt rock kind of thing. And again, that's just another another just sign of how they step out. They never sink into like a comfort zone. You know, they're always no. kind of sidestepping. So with my eighth, I actually go along with the synth idea too, and I picked Radio Gaga. I think that's a very powerful song. I think my uh, my dear friend Stephanie Germanata got her uh, stage name from that. By the way, she uh, did. You know, she did. Yeah. Uh, it is. It's just a. It, it. You can hear the difference between like eighties and nine, uh, like seventies and eighties. Uh, Queen. There's a huge, huge difference in the sound. And this is in the 90s, I think, wasn't it, God, with this song? Radio Gaga is not 90s. That is 80s. It's it's late 80s, though, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. They only released the one album in the 90s, I think. Yeah. Great song. Fantastic. Yeah, right. What's yours, Jeffrey? My number eight song, I'm finally taking a break off of uh, Night at the Opera. I'm going off of uh, the title song of the game, the song Play the Game, uh, 1980. Uh, I love freddie's falsetto in this song i love brian may's uh soaring leads uh i i think that stands out uh unfortunately this song just missed the top 40 it came in at 41 i think this this was good enough to be a top um a top 40 song and this i believe was the second or third album uh single off of it Mm. off of uh this album uh it was the number one first single and the fourth single that were mega hits off of uh the game but i thought this was this was a good song i thought it was a good song for them and i thought it you know it it really this put depth onto to the album so i really like this one all right uh justin number seven okay um we're gonna go with so we're gonna start going into uh into wembley and uh we're gonna go uh go with hammer to fall oh that's a good one sure i mean just like, like, just like all like right from the chest, you know, and just, you know, the, the whole concept of, uh, you know, that they, they just, they, they just want us to just shut up and just say that we're going to play along with everything. And no, we can't do that, that we have to keep thinking and that we, you know, just waiting for that hammer to fall, but we got to be prepared. And I just ah, love that song. Love it. What are you, you going to go with, uh, Sean? Number, Number seven. seven, I have a little more of a, uh, an anthem kind of a song and i think it's uh another one it's kind of a motivational uh upbring you upbeat you gotta when the chips are down you gotta just pick yourself up by the bootstraps uh you know this has happened with you jeff you know i know this has happened for me especially when you open for me uh when you when you bomb and then i have to go out and close it it's called uh the show must go on it's that low on your list. Number seven. Yes. Wow. It's, it's a great, great song. Though. I have it much higher. I'll get to it later it on. In this. Good, but yeah. it, we agree on that, though. That's, I think that's uh, when you there's certain things. With Queen, I thought you, I, the way you were setting it up, I think you were going to say, if you can't beat him, join him. No, no, no. <laughs> I don't ever bomb. So why would I join you? But the uh, the thing I love about Queen is that they have they're, they're such well-written songs, but they, they don't even realize they're they're creating these anthems. 
you know, these are like these songs transcend other stuff. You know what I mean? Like they're not like Green Day and shit like that. The show must go on. When you listen to the fucking lyrics, man, that is a sh- that is how many look you've sang with with a fucking sore throat. Jeff, you've performed and acted when you didn't feel great either. We all go through the same shit. And it is the true story. I mean, I listen, I've had to deal with shows on, on horrible occasions. Show must go on, though. Okay. Well, for me, number 30, uh, for number seven is the song off of Night at the Opera 39. Okay. Uh-huh. The only song on this list that is for me that is not sung by Freddie Mercury. Uh, it is sung by Brian May. And uh, it's a song uh, about space explorers, which kind of makes sense, especially at the time that he wrote it, because at the time he was working on his thesis in astrophysicists. So when someone says, what are you, some type of uh, astro-scientist? Yeah, the guy is an astrophysicist now. Okay, he's a bona fide astrophysicist. But this is what 39 is about. But it's a great song that's just played on acoustic guitar. And it is, ju- you know, it, you know, he sings it great. He's, it's still part of their set. And um, great, great song. Okay, uh, let's get to number six. And we'll okay, we're going to the end of the first half here. So number six, what are you going with? I'm going with Radio Gaga. So I'm I, this is this whole next section. I'm gonna the spoiler right out the gate as we we tick off. It's going to be uh, it, it's going to be Live Aid. I mean, that was the first time as a kid that I saw them live was that video, and it's just <laughs> that what totally blew my mind that that four guys could hold the entire world in the palm of their hand the way that they did. So this whole next section is going to be, uh, is going to be that for me, but okay. um, yeah, just uh, so yeah. Radio Gaga just, I mean, out of this world, seeing uh, that whole audience with their hands up clapping. I mean, I, I had that moment once with our band. We, we played at a big outdoor festival, 3,500 people in the audience and to see them all with their hands up clapping. Like Are you I did, doing this song. It took everything in me not to cry because it's like, like that's that's the closest that I'll ever be connected to to Freddie Mercury. You know, is to see that moment because I know that people aren't doing that for me. They're doing that because they remember sitting on the laying on the shag carpet listening to the to the vinyl. They remember being in JFK's stadium watching it on the screen. You know, it's it it, it just meant so much that I could be connected with them in that real moment and just being a part of that. Radio Gaga, such a great song. It is a great song. John, what would you say your number six is? Number six has a special place in my heart because these kind of people have special places in my heart. I don't know if you know me well enough, Jeffrey, but I am a big fan of a big fat ass. So I am picking uh, Fat Bottom Girls as my number six song. Yeah, (laughs) listen, you know what? Not everything has to be an anthem. Not everything has to have these huge operatic breakdowns of these amazing chord progressions and things like that. Sometimes you just got to talk about a song about a girl with a fat ass and makes the world go around. And you know what? It really does. So I saw them on this tour on jazz. And mm-hmm. when they, when this, they played this song, they actually had a bunch of girls come out on bicycles and ride around the stage. That's for, did they have fat asses though. That's, uh, the they had fat asses. Well, that's a good thing. <laughs> that's a, that was a good thing. A, a young Jeffrey Paul sitting there, like you know, with, with Buck Peter. Oh, you agree? You're a 58. Who the fuck are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I heard uh, Brian wrote that during his thesis. Also, did he? Uh, no, but he did uh, write it. <laughs> oh God, you're hanging out. You're hanging out with him too much, Justin. <laughs> so my number six is under pressure. And the story with this song goes, okay, so Bowie is there, I believe they're in France and at, or, or Switzerland. They're in, they're in a studio that they, uh, you know, they're in Europe and at a studio that they love recording in. And Bowie is nearby and he comes into the studio. He's like, hey, you guys want to do some Coke? Okay. So they wind up doing some Coke. And somehow along the way, they're playing, they're jamming a little bit, they get hungry. Um, but Deacon kind of like stays back. And when they come back, he was working on that boom, 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 and Bowie like really, really liked it. So they started like to fool around. They started coming up with the music, but they couldn't come up with the lyrics. So what Bowie asked each member to do, including himself, just go into the booth and just record something. 
just record anything, the first thing that comes to your mind. And that's why when, when Freddie goes in, he's kind of scatting part of this. And that's where that part came in. And that's where this collaboration came from. And to me, it's, it's a great song off of a bad album. Because <laughs> Really, because this is off of Hot Space, and this was one of the worst stores I've ever seen. What? Are you kidding me? Cool Cat. It's a... <laughs> <laughs> All right, which, so, which blows my mind because that's on commercials now. It's on an Amazon commercial, right? Under now. pressure? No, Cool Cat. Well, it isn't. It's terrible. <laughs> what was this? I forgot the single off of it, off of Hot Space. It was oh, body, body talk, body language, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it sucked. It was. It was so bad. It was so bad. Um. All right. So now we are now the top five. We're at the top five mm-hmm. songs. Sean, what's your number five song? Uh, let's see. Number five. Um, I put for, um, selfish reasons, really. Uh, I put stone cold crazy. That's a good one. I'm surprised that high, but it's a good, good pick. It's a little high. I could have dropped it down a little bit, but, uh, I just love it because it's really, really heavy. And the fact that a band like Metallica even decided to cover it, you know, it's, uh, what album is that off of, by the way? I keep forgetting. Don't go crazy is the early ones. Queen I think two, right? Queen two. I was two. just gonna yeah, say. Yeah. That's my only, that's, I think that's my only pick from uh from that record. But yeah, just for me, it's just uh when I heard it the first time, I had no idea it was Queen. I Interesting. There was, was a different band like Thin Lizzy or something like that. But I, I've always wow. been this since I was a little kid. Justin, number five for you. Number five, uh a little tune inspired by Elvis Presley. Yeah, we know where and... we're going here. And the story as it goes is that he was in his uh, he was in his hotel room and was inspired and uh, called down to the uh, to the stagehands and asked if they would kindly bring an upright piano to the side of his bathtub because he was soaking. And uh, on stage, I say whether or not a rubber ducky was involved, I do not know. But uh, <laughs> of course, we're talking about crazy little thing called love. Right. That is very Elvis inspired. God, straight up rockabilly. And first, first single off the game. Yeah. yeah. Just great, great song. And that was taken off my list two for my number four. Well, just, I didn't get to the, my number five yet. So I know that. My, I'm just making conversation with our guests. <laughs> well, here's my number so five. This, snippy. Is, this is this is a very big one. It's a very big song. And okay. So it just goes to it's number five. So it just goes to show you the depth. Of this band on, on, on the song. So for me, we have to listen to the words of this one. Yes, they always listen to the words, man. Okay. Uh, this is off of a day at the races as well. And this is somebody to love. Okay. okay. Um, although I love, I mean, Queen is fen- phenomenal. George Michael did an amazing oh, version of this at the Freddie oh, yeah. Mercury tribute concert. I mean, it, it is, I mean, you sometimes just think like, this cover kind of stays is, is almost as good as the original. It's one of the few that I can say holds up with the original that could be as good as the original. Agreed. hundred yeah. percent agreed. Um, and, and inspired by Aretha Franklin. There you go. And George Michael and Aretha Franklin wind up doing a song together. Um, all right. So number four for you, Justin. Number four. Uh, I went with uh, We Are the Champions. That's Sean's favorite song, by the way. It's my just, ninth favorite Queen song. <laughs> I forget I, again, my it's just there's there's just that 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 uh again, just I, I love what Queen does in the scope of one song. They bring you to a whisper just to melt your face. You know, I paid my dues, just Freddie and a piano. Oh, selfish you know? plug. <laughs> How good does he sound though? I see I hate him. Let me tell you something. I, I I met Justin a few months ago, right at the gig that we did in Philadelphia, and I'm like, all right, this guy's cool, you know. He's he has a bigger dude, like you know, he's not as big as me, but he's a nice, big, fluffy kid, you know. He's not, you he's know, beefy. He, he's he's got a little he's chunk, and he's he got, got beef. chunk. It's good, you know. Like he he'd be like a, 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 a you know a cub, you know what I mean? Like he he's he's a big dude. I'm like, all right, this is cool. And then like he gets up and does his thing, and he's like, oh, you don't mind if I sing a little song for you? And fucking Pavarotti walks out. I'm like, Jesus, goddamn Christ. Now I hate the prick. Now he's gonna show it in my throat in my face again. See, but here's the difference between you and me. You actually made the audience laugh. So well, somebody on the on the three of us had to. <laughs> I'll just tell you. 
Oh gosh, Jeff I mean, did yeah. great that night. I will say, Jeff did very good that night. To the sixty there, I, I it rolled off because I I do great every night now. I am really I'm, I haven't I'm seen, in, you know what Jeff, I am, I'm in the zone right these days. All right, well yeah, you're working a lot. Listen, yeah. you're working a lot. Yeah. All right, uh, for me, my number four, and then we'll get to Sean. My number four is off the album The Miracle, um, right. and it's I Want It All. And here's the interesting thing about it. It was played live for the first time at the Freddie Mercury tribute concert. Freddie never got a chance to do it live, but I thought the choice to sing it was perfect. Roger Daltrey of The Who was, this is the perfect song for him, perfect range, perfect power from him. And Tony Iommi played uh, rhythm guitar mm-hmm. on this song. So, but, um, what a shame, but what a phenomenal, phenomenal song. Um, later on, when Paul Rogers went and toured with uh, Queen, this became part of the, uh, the the set. And then now with Adam Lambert, it is in most sets. But this was quintessential Paul Rogers with a man who did a nice job singing it. But, I mean, it was just a shame that Freddie never got a chance to do this one live. Before Sean, I go to before, Justin, who do you prefer, Paul Rogers or Adam Lambert? See, there's there's not a preference. They're they're different animals. They 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 approach it all differently. I thought that thought that Rogers was a great rocker, and I thought that he he really allowed the uh, the rock and roll aspects of their music to to really bloom to the top. Uh, Adam, uh, where I'm going to be honest, and I'm going to lose a lot of fans for everyone right here. He's not one of my favorite voices. But as far as a stage presence, as an actor, and how he can put across a song, I think that he's an incredible storyteller. Which he's I a think, great front man too. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I, I, that's the that's the thing I got to disagree with you with this, Justin. I think he is a, an incredible singer. In fact, I'm going to go as far as a song like um, "Who Wants to Live Forever," and I've seen Adam Lambert, you know, do this with the band. I got to say, I think he did it better than Freddie Mercury. Hang on, hang on. I just for the sake of clarity, I did not say that he wasn't a good singer. I said he's not one of my favorite voices. I don't like. Yeah, his he's voice. got a very. He's got a. I mean, I love him. I've always. I've dug him since. I think he's great. And he's great. He understands where you can come from, though, because he does go like all over the place. Like he'll just jump like fucking nineteen octaves, and you know, and it's like a, it just kind of like goes through your ear a little bit. So I, <laughs> right. I I prefer him too. I just want to make sure that Justin's, you know, I just want to put just on the record that he does not like Adam Lambert. I just want to put it out there for yes. everybody to know. I just want, I just want to inaccurately put that out there. I just want, I just want to put words in Justin's mouth. All right, Sean, what's your number four? Oh God, I hate doing this, but your number four is my number four. Really? I want it all. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, this is the other song that I changed. I originally had uh, these other days of our lives. Oh, which I one. took off, but I just, it was too sappy. I didn't want to be fucking sappy on this list. There's too much miserable shit going on. I wanted yeah, to break I'm it. miserable. You know, but I, I, get to, I love this song so much. I really do. And uh, I, I agree with you. I'm kind of annoyed that I never got to hear Freddie actually do it live. Nobody did. I know. That's the thing. What'd you pick for number three then? Number three is another one you mentioned. Uh, I think uh, Under Pressure is uh why i think it might be their best song in 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 general but i didn't put it at number one i put it number three uh i'm a gigantic david bowie fan i'm staring at a a a five by six foot painting of david bowie on my wall over here you know and and just the the beautiful mix of in in that time frame too it was in the 81 it came out or 82 something something in that time frame they were the, the two of the biggest artists in the world it was kind of like when uh, Jagger and uh, Bowie did that stupid dance in the streets. Oh, cover. That was horrible. It was that was embarrassing. Horrible. That was just an excuse for them to blow each other. That's all that really was. Yeah. Just to be honest. But this is a, a great collaboration. You know, I never would have expected to have Queen and David Bowie together. But uh, so that is my number three. Great song. What, yeah. what did you pick for number three? But in the top three here, Justin. So this is important. Another one bites the dust. Ah. I just wanting to do well again the first single off of no i'm sorry it's the fourth single off of the game and that was a song where the, they didn't want to do it 
uh, Brian, do you know the story behind this, uh, Justin? This, this one I don't. I don't. Okay, so this so this, this it went where um, Deacon wrote it, and Freddie absolutely loved it. Brian May, uh, I'm sorry, not Brian May. Uh, Brian Roger. Uh, uh, Roger Taylor hated it. He hated the song and didn't want to do it. And it really came down between a face-off between him and Freddie. And Freddie was the one that really pushed it. And the reason why Freddie pushed it, because he played that song for Michael Jackson. And Michael Jackson told him, you got a hit. He goes, okay. And at this point, you know, uh, they needed, you know, Freddie wanted something that, that the kids can dance to. Okay. That would be played in the clubs. He was in the clubs and, you know, he really backed, he really believed the song. So really he told Brian May, uh, I keep calling Brian May, Roger Taylor to back down. He knows what he's talking about on here. And it's a good thing he did because this became the biggest song off of that album. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, and it's another one of those things too, when you listen to the album versus how they perform it live, that it gets all the rock and roll edge and that faster tempo. Cause they play everything so blazingly fast live. You know, and when you listen to these recordings of them doing another one bites the dust, dice, uh, another one bites the dust live, uh, it's it's very very fast. It's very very driving, but it sits back in the pocket, and it makes it like a really good, almost like disco tune. Well, that's you know? what it is. Yeah, it's just a yeah, straight and up there were remixes of this. Yeah, but uh, I, I love that all of these songs. You, it, it's like a it's an outfit you can wear two ways. You know, because it can be you know more grungy and more rock. But it could also be a little bit more laid back and a little bit more, uh, a little bit more smart at times as well. So for me, my number three is going to be off of jazz, and it's "Don't Stop Me Now." And this is a song that you know this generation now has heard in commercials. Um, there's a great, great uh, scene in Shaun of the Dead with this song uh, playing. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that, but it, you know, great. I, that's what I think about. And also, Freddie's piano playing in this is, you know, not not to be taken for granted. It, it's, it's great. I always loved it. So for me, uh, we are talking Don't Stop Me Now. Um, for number two, I'll, I'll just go back to back here because this is a, short, a song that Sean had mentioned. And that was, that for me, number two was uh, Show Must Go On. And that was off of, I consider it the last Queen album, which was Innuendo. Um, and it was a song that Freddie wrote, you know, um, when he was dying and was continuing trying to perform despite the fact that he was dying. And Brian May, when they recorded it, didn't think uh, he would be able to do it or be able to sing it. And Freddie said, I'll fucking do it, darling. And he grabbed the, uh, down the vodka. What kind of accent was that? Oh, that was that was my Freddie Mercury. Oh, that was your Freddie Mercury. Okay. It kind of sounded like you fucking do it, in, And uh, it kind of sounded like you. I can't stand you sometimes. Continue. <laughs> I fucking do it, darling. Oh, God. Come on. It's, it's Freddie Mercury here. Hello. <laughs> I think I have it on tape. Yes. I, I, oh, I, mean, I wish you ended up yes. like him. <laughs> yes. So, number two for me was show must go on. Oh, and by the way, if you have a go- great, great cover of it, Celine Dion. Oh yeah, really? I yeah, I've heard, I've heard oh, yeah. that version. And she, and she does, a, she does this phenomenally, and she has, she has the voice to pull it off. Uh, Justin, number two. Uh, you guys have already talked about it at length, so I'm just going to say it under pressure. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's listen. It's in a lot of people's lists. It's going to be uh, top. Uh, and how about you, Sean? Number two for you. Again, already mentioned somebody to love. I just think that when you listen to it and realize where Freddie was in his life, he was basically just trying to tell everybody how hard it is being in the closet and, you know, just wanting to be like a normal person and finding love. I think it was a, it's a brilliant song. And again, like you said, uh, George Michael's version is just fucking mind blowing. Absolutely. I like that. That that was that was a good uh, summation. Okay, so we are down to our number ones, and then when we after that, we'll we'll go over some of the lists. You know what I'm going to do, Jeffrey? I'm going to cut you off, and I'm doing my number one first. Uh, Why? I have a reason why. Not my favorite Queen song, 
but it is the number one song. And you mentioned it before it's Bohemian Rhapsody. And the reason why I love this song so much, it's because you're predictable. I'm sorry. No, it's, it's, it's a, it's a song that transcends. So like when you hear Guns N' Roses, you think of Sweet Child of Mine. When you hear Led Zeppelin, you think of Stairway to Heaven and Bon Jovi, Living on a Prayer, all these great anthems they're identifiable songs they're Mount identifiable Rushmore songs, songs. another one of those songs that made a gigantic comeback because of a movie you know yep. because of Wayne's World blew that yep. up brought back to number one the thing I love about it so much you know being being a musician too and understanding certain things about recording and stuff like that when they record that on analog and I read the story a long time ago with the overdubs there were so it was recorded so many times they actually looked through the tape and the tape was see-through and it was about to collapse. They almost lost the recording of this song until they ran out and made a duplicate copy. But think of it, think about that. Like just now everything's so digital. It's all digital. You can record everything on GarageBand, but this they had to overdub over layer and layer of tape and stuff to the point where they wore the tape clear. And for me, it's just uh, if you write one song in your life, it should be Bohemian Rhapsody. It's just, I think it's not just a perfect, it's not a perfect song, but it is just all over the map. And when I, when I was growing up, Sean, and I, I remember the first time hearing this, I couldn't play it enough. I, I never heard anything like it. I didn't hear it until Wayne's World. Oh, okay. Wow. So again, I mean, yeah, I so it's already a monster. It's a monster. But I heard that and I was like, for over a decade. Oh, more than that, probably 15 yeah. years at that point. And uh, I I can't even tell you. I mean, I just just repeat, repeat, repeat on the CD, on the soundtrack. That's for forever, forever. It's just it's such a great song. And there's not one person in the world who doesn't know it and doesn't bang their heads after the fucking breakdown either. It's great. Justin, we're going to save you for last. So you're a special guest. Okay. Okay, so, if you want to. Yes. So for me, the number my number one song is off of an album that I don't think we spoke about yet. And that's off of News of the World. Oh, another good. song written by John Deacon, and that's Spread Your Wings. Okay. And it tells the story of Sammy, who's cleaning the floors at the Emerald Bar. Um, he it's, it's about dreams, uh, improving his life. His boss tells him he has no ambition. I mean. I love this song. I love the chorus. I love the the verses. Um, I think Freddie sings this with an emotion that I, you know, I have not heard. I mean, anyone try to even cover this who've even come close. For me, this is hands down. I it's a song I absolutely, absolutely love. I I listen to this still like it's the first time I'm listening to it. I love it. Spread your wings. Justin, number one song for you. Uh, I'm I'm with Sean Bohemian Rhapsody, but I, what I what I love about things like this, okay, top ten list, is because they aren't definitive. You know, it's it's you know it's our top ten, and and Bohemian Rhapsody was something that, as a young kid, spoke to me. So I I I, I was born in '87, so it was the '90s that I was really starting to like music was starting to click to me, and it was after uh it was after Wayne's World. But I remember being in the car to go pick up my sister from uh, cheerleading practice with my dad. And we'd always be listening to the radio station and I would pray. I, I would pray that this song would come on the radio. But because, I mean, it just, it, it, it just, it gave me every bit of dopamine I needed to, to survive as a young child. It did. Because again, there was these moments of melancholy. There's these moments of, of, you know, again, operatic insanity but then just that that rock and roll so you think you can stone me and spit in my eye i'm like thanks yes all of that but then to melt back into the operatic and then you know nothing really matters you know at the end of it and almost in a different times of my life i've listened to that and i've listened to it as a as a sad relief or sad release other times i've heard it as a point of relief nothing really matters you know, and, and nothing really matters to me. Any way the wind blows. When Pete, when bands come out with their masterpieces, what they say is generational. Like I'll give you an example. Uh, like when My Chemical Rom Romance came out with the Black Parade, people would use you know, it's Bohemian Rhapsody us like it's an adjective. Yeah. Right? yeah, you know. And when I think when a song reaches that status, 
it is in a different stratosphere. It's yeah. it it doesn't it doesn't placate to one genre. It doesn't uh, it resonates with so many different people. You can look. You can go to the middle. It's good for kids of- from six to sixty. <laughs> <laughs> but you know from a storytelling just 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 the, just the thought that that may give sean a heart attack is worth saying it oh. i was trying to push past it anyway but uh the thing though that also is the storytelling and the vulnerability of this song too the fact that you know we all hear this whole mama just killed a man and we think of it very surface but it's it's a admission to the fact that he realizes that him being comfortable with who he is that has literally killed the man that he is in his mother's eyes and that this is no longer him being you know this this good little boy kicking a soccer ball around that he's now this man who loves other men and this person that his mother thought that he would grow up to be is not at all who he is but he's still doing good in the world and for the world by the messages that he's sharing and so um it's uh, again, it's 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 grown with me through the years, which I also is why I love this song so much, because as I've grown, this the song has new meaning to me about what it means to to be your most authentic self and also to be your most vulnerable self for your sake and for the people around you. And uh, as performers for your audience, too, the more vulnerable you are, the the better of a performer you are for your audience. OK, so that's our, our, our top 10. Uh Sean and Justin had the same number one. I went with uh, Spread Your Wings. I don't think we all had uh, everything in the top three. Show no. must, must go on. That was not on your list at all, Justin. And I, I, Yeah, I stayed away from those. And I don't and, know why now. And Don't Stop Me Now was, was on neither one of yours. Okay. So we, we, we were all kind of over the map. All right. Let's look at some of our listeners. And so um, one of your friends, Sean, Johnny Benson. Uh, he put uh, his top 10 in 10 uh, to number one, uh, One Vision. Uh, he put Princes of the Universe. We Are the Champion. He has, not, he has a song that none of us put down. Tie Your Mother Down. Good song. We, Great uh, song. Really, yeah. Uh, Stone Cold Crazy, which I think you put, Sean, right? Yeah. Uh, Radio Gaga. Uh, we Will Rock You. Fat Bottom Girls. Hammer to Fall. And his number one was Flash. Flash, yeah. Yeah, smack him when I see him next. Um, <laughs> a good tune. I don't know number one, but a great tune. Yeah, really. Mm. Okay, so Nikki Salvatore, uh, he kind of did what I did, and he said uh, he excluding Bohemian Rhapsody and We Will Rock You. Um, his top songs are Dragon Attack, which is a hard rocker. Uh, he put in Prophet Song, Somebody to Love. Here's something that I, I was... Guaranteed, I thought one of us would have put this down. Kill a queen. Maybe because I put that no, in. The, don't like it. it. Maybe because we've listened to it so many times, but I loved it when it, when it first came out. I would have put uh, Keep Yourself Alive. Yeah. Stone Cold Crazy. He put in uh, Fat Bottom Girls. The Inside. Uh, fight from the Inside. The weird one to put in. Uh, tie Your Mother Down. The Game, which I had. And his number one was the same as my number one. Spread Your Wings. Um, Two dopes. Steve Hart. Okay. Um, he gave us 13. We're going to start at number 10 for him. He put, And Steve is a, is a constant listener. Uh, Justin, he would call into the radio station. Oh, we, hey, Steve. Okay. So uh, he, he's a fan. And he put uh, for his number 10, You're My Best Friend, uh, Under Pressure, Don't Stop Me Now, Fat Bottom Girls, Love of My Life, which none of us put. I almost did. Okay. I almost did. Yeah. But, you di- but you didn't. I did. Um, <laughs> he put in uh, Bohemian Rhapsody number five, Crazy Little Thing Called Love number four, 39, uh, number three, Radio Gaga number one, and Somebody to Love number one. All right. Um, Steve Rosenberg, who is also uh, a huge, huge Queen fan, he says. Huge, uh, he said he was tempted to put every song uh, since Brian May is one of his favorite guitarists. But if he has to put it in uh, order, he's putting down Hammer to Fall, number 10, because he says by it's still his favorite to play. One Vision, uh, Show Must Go On, I Want It All, Don't Stop Me Now, I Like This. Here's something that none of us put and we haven't heard yet, uh, A Kind of Magic. 
good imagine. song. Okay. Yeah. Um, not in like it's finger snapping in it. I don't like finger snaps in songs. Um, Radio Gaga. Wait, wait, wait. But you like Killer Queen. Come on. I mean, you didn't make your list, but you're like, oh, Killer so, Queen. Because of the finger snapping. Uh, <laughs> but bicycle. under pressure, didn't that make your list? It did make my list. That has finger snaps. But but it also has Bowie. Okay. So it offsets. It cancels. <laughs> it offsets. Uh, he put Bicycle Racing, which I know no one, one brought up yet. Uh, Somebody to Love is number one. He says, obviously, has to be Bohemian Rhapsody. He's with you guys. Um, Sean, do you know Tim Grill? Yes. I know hey, Tim. You know Tim? Yeah, we've okay. done shows together. Great guy. Uh, okay, so here's here's, uh, here's Tim's. Uh, t- he gave us 12. We'll go uh, 10. Fat Bottom Girls. Death on Two Legs. Somebody to Love. Now, I'm kind of respecting Tim's list because he's also... Um, isn't he also a musician? Yes, yeah, he plays Tim's a better guitar player than me, but I can beat him in a race. Anyway, continue. <laughs> oh, God. Number seven, Radio Gaga. Number six, Hammer the Fall. Number five, I'm glad he put this down. Who Wants to Live Forever? We had spoke about that. Number four, Bohemian Rhapsody. Number three, Another One Bites the Dust. Number two, Under Prussia. Number one, Spread Your Wings. Um, Shut the fuck up. Really? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, see, you don't get ah, all right, Sean. Here's a guy who loves the show, okay? He loves the show, he comments on everything. This is his favorite episodes, the top 10. Great okay. guy, Dave Nidal. Oh, I know him, okay? So, Dave put down number 10, uh, Flesh, number nine, Fat Bottom Girls, number 10, We Will Rock You. This is a Sean list, number seven, Under Pressure. Number six, we are the champions. Number five, another one bites the dust. Number four, don't stop me now. Number three, Bohemian Rhapsody. Number two, Killer Queen. And number one, Radio Gaga. I'll take Radio Gaga as a number one. That's not bad. All right. Um, Roy Mackey, who is near uh, Philly, I uh, should have came out since that night. Um, but he seven. Okay, but he uh, he put number ten, crazy little thing called love. Uh, number nine, Flash. A lot of Flash from the listeners. Yeah, yeah. Number number eight, You're My Best Friend. Number seven, The Prophet Song. Number six, Stone Cold Crazy. Number five, Who Wants to Live Forever. Number four, Under Pressure. Number three, 39. Number two, Hammer to Fall. And number one, Princes of the Universe, Justin. Good song. A good one. Yeah. Um, Jeff Mano. Do you guys, do you know Jeff Mano? No. Okay, Jeff Mano, he is a singer. He is a singer, uh, and he was excited to join in. So his number one, uh, number 10 song was Innuendo, which no one had picked, which to me was a song that was always very, very Zeppelin-like. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um, had I, It kind of re- always reminded me a little bit of Cashmere, because it had that very, very headiness to it. Uh, that's, a, that's a great song. Number nine was Bohemian Rhapsody. Number eight, I Want It All. Number seven, too much love will kill you. That's mm. I mean, he went he went on a deep track uh, yeah, on that, that one. Was... Yeah, no one had put that uh, yet. Um, number six, the show must go on. Number five, fat bottom girls. Number four, don't stop me now. Number three, somebody to love. Number two, we are the champions. And number one, I want to break free. Um. Sean, just because uh, you like this guy, I really uh, former guest. He just put down one song. He remember Ian O'Malley. I love Ian O'Malley. He's coming right. to my gig in September. Okay, so Ian said, uh, "Now I'm here," which was a, a great song. Oh yeah, and, and he says great contains song. everything about Queen that is amazing, including hand down uh, May's best heavy catchy guitar riff in any of their songs. Uh, yeah, I kind of. Kind of, kind of agree with him. And this is a guy who kind of knows his music a little bit too. No, I would say, fucking radio god for like forty years for Christ's that's, sake. That's right. Uh, he we was a great to, guest on the show. We used to and open then, up our second set, of, second set of the show with that, just because our guitar player would walk out, just jump, 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 jump. Everyone be like, "Oh my god, what's happening?" And then that's we'd a great, all that's, walk a, out. that's a great way to start off. You know, coming back from an intermission because it's hard and get to get going. Exactly. All right, so and our last uh, list from Joseph Peter, and he put "Keep Yourself Alive," which is a great song, um, and it was and it was done not right in uh, the movie. Um, 
I want it all. Radio Gaga. I want to break free. Somebody, um, don't stop me now. Bohemian Rhapsody. Somebody to love. You're my best friend. Bicycle race and his number one Queen song, Under Pressure. So, what do you guys think about these lists? I think a lot of people love big fat asses. Is what I think. I'm not <laughs> the only one here, apparently. Now, here's a couple of uh, songs that I don't know if. Uh, it made anyone's list. Um, did anyone talk about Let Me Entertain You? Did that come up at all? Not no. at all. Great song. Or, yeah, or Flash's uh, theme. Yeah, no, it's a great, great song. And I know our, our band, we've talked about that being a open up the second half type of type of song also. Let's walk out to, to Let Me Entertain You. Yeah, that, that that's a great one. And also another one that was great on the live album. Yeah. But uh, again, an iconic band. And again, these lists are really hard to do. But when you start to go through this and you just realize the depth of these bands, it's like, is there anyone in new music today that will ever come with the depth? Because it was a third list like this because we did Metallica. We did did, uh, Springsteen and now we're doing Queen. We've done more than that, I think. Yeah, I don't think we. I don't think we've done band songs. Really? I think right. we, we, I have another one in mind. Then we've done drummers. We've done singers. I yeah, think true, we did guitarists. True. You know, I don't think we've we've done too many of these, and these always seem to be the ones that people love. Yeah, and you know, it's fun. It's participation too. Yeah, and you know, another interesting thing though is we can come back in four weeks, do this again, and the list can be totally different. That's right. I mean, because I mean, it's. I feel like, like I, I, I wrote this list from from one point of view. But if I took some time to write it from another, you know, another aspect. I yeah, I agree with that. You know that I, could, I be, could do a top ten Guns and Roses list and give you the top ten best songs that are that people will think, and then I'll give you the real top ten Guns and Roses songs. You know what I mean? So did we right. do Guns and Roses? No, but that's going to be our next top ten list, and we're going to. Here's the thing with Guns and Roses: there's not a there's not a wealth of of catalog to really choose from. Uh, yeah, there is. They put out two albums that had 167 songs on the freaking two. <laughs> Uh, uh, listen, 127 <laughs> episodes, and you're gonna fucking make fun of me stuttering, you stuttering, mumbling prick. I had to deal with this every goddamn episode. I stuttered one time because I'm a little high, and you gotta make fun of it. Go ahead, end the show. I'm done with you today. I feel the love; it burns. I need an ointment now. But yeah, I wish it I, I, burn. that reminds me of a joke. Wait, wait, uh, <laughs> Justin, when, when pigs get hurt, what do they put on their sores? I believe it's an ointment. It yeah. would be an ointment, that's right. And you wonder why the show is canceled. <laughs> Justin, where are you going to be? Uh, so this uh, this weekend, I'm going to be in Medford, New Jersey at Push Studio later 67. Push later gigs, because they're Wait. not going to hear it. This is not going to come out next weekend. Yeah, by the time Adam puts us on, we'll be in our Christmas episode. Fred, Fred, will, be, Fred will be back and racing the day. Yeah, hear that, Adam? Stop putting some of these episodes up. <laughs> well, then here's what I'll tell you. Go on to go on to the interwebs. Justin Gonzalez Tenor, as it says, I, I think it might be over here. Yep. Uh, and that's on that's on my website. That's my Facebook, my Instagram. Uh, I have shows coming up through the summer. I'll be performing all over the place. I'll be singing. I'll be doing comedy. I'll be doing jazz. You name it, I'm doing it. And I would love to see you there. So one more time, where could they find you? Justin Gonzalez Tenor. That's dot com. Justin Facebook. Gonzalez Tenor. That's it. Okay. How about you, Sean? What do you got coming up? Anything cool? Uh, yeah, the benefit show I'm throwing for one of my dear friends who passed away is officially sold out. Nice. Sold 200 tickets, so I'm very happy about that. And then we are we are going to start doing some stuff. I have a couple things I have to text you privately about to see if you're available. I'm going to have me and Jeffrey uh, doing some shows together. And uh, the one thing I want to really plug, and uh, again, I don't like to do this very often, but I am very proud of Jeffrey. Uh, the Laughing Stock Comedy Club in Granville, Pennsylvania. Uh, every week, it seems like the shows are getting better and better and more packed. Uh, it is very hard to be a comic and open a club at the same time. So we're all asking Jeffrey to stop comedy and just focus on running the club, which I think is the better option. So, uh, yeah, if you live near Hershey or if you're taking your kid, rotten kids to Hershey, get them all fucked up, bring a babysitter. They'll be asleep by eight, go to the show, and you'll see some good people. Yeah, we have, we have some uh, great shows coming up. We have uh, 
we have coming up. We have uh, Don Jameson. We have uh, Joey Gay. We have a uh, we have a special event coming up on uh, middle of of August. We have a uh, Gaspari Randazzo. Um, he's blowing up on the internet. He's a big internet guy. Uh, we have uh, Gino uh, coming up, and in the fall we'll have Sean Morton there. Um, but right now, uh, yeah, I mean, please come come check out uh, Laugh Stock Comedy Club. And if you do, if you do, if you if you listen to this show. And you go on the website, okay, and you put in promo code, okay, funny fifty, you'll get fifty percent off tickets, okay. That's if they pay full price, can they punch you in the dick? For full price, they can. Yes, if they pay double, they can punch me. Okay, okay. Isolate that track, Adam, and I'm going to start mailing out gift cards to everybody <laughs> to pay double their admission price. Yes, we'll put in special. Bonus code where for for an extra twenty bucks you get to punch me. Yes, promo code okay. Dickless Wonder. That's what it's yes. going to be because by the time they're done, it ain't going to be there anymore. But other than that, please, guys, continue to subscribe. Please continue to to share and continue to follow us. And we will catch you next time on Who's Your Band. Thank you very much, Justin. This was fun. Yeah, Pleasure good to be here, man. I'll see you Thanks. soon. Man. Yeah, man, you're a good dude, man. You. Yeah, dude, you're a good dude. All right, we're done.